Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. We're going to do a lot of talking about machine quilting and machines today. So first up, I have Krista Watson back from Krista Quilts, and she really specializes in machine quilting. And so we're going to dig deep into a new book she has out and hear uh, sort of some behind the scenes. So, hey, Krista, thanks for being here. Hey, Pat. It is always such a pleasure to talk to you. You are so fun. (laughs) Well, you know what, you know, you have, I just love watching all the things you're doing with, with taking the actual quilting process, um, and, and what you're doing, but tell me, you know, you've been quilting uh, longer than I have been quilting and, um, what, what kind of went on back when you started as far as what people did with their machine quilting? Well, it has been so much fun. And I have to say, I kind of started off just quilting my own quilt. You know, back when I started, way back in, like, 1994, because I didn't really know any different when mm-hmm. I started back then. And you were, I think you were kind of, you were doing some stuff back then, too, around the same time. You know, long arms were not a big thing. They were just uh-uh. coming on the scene. Hand quilting was really popular. My first, like, two or three quilts were actually tied. I learned how to just tie them with yarn. And mm-hmm. what I say is, I kind of, I started tying, then I moved up to hand quilting, and then I finally, I graduated to machine quilting. But I just really didn't know any different, and that's the way I um, started quilting. And so I said, well, this is really fun. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah. You know, I when I first learned to quilt, Krista, the first thing I said to myself is, like, I am going to make a lot of quilts. And I knew that I needed to figure out how to quilt them because people were just starting to send quilts out to others. And I'm like, I can't afford that. I know how many quilts I'm going to make. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so did you ever try long arming? I did. I did. Now, this was kind of the funny story about that. And I think long armors are amazing and nothing against that. I myself am just, I cannot do it. Um, a couple of years ago when I decided, okay, time to take my show on the road. You know, my kids are older. I can start traveling. You know, I've kind of done stuff locally. I thought it's time to get out there and write books and that kind of thing. I thought, well, if anybody's going to take me seriously, oh, my gosh, I have to become a long armor. Like, I had to oh. conception. So I spent a good year traveling to all these shows, taking all these classes from, like, the top name brand, you know, the big wigs in the industry. And, in fact, that's how I met Angela Walters, was taking her long arm class. And so mm-hmm. after about a year of doing this, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's totally not them. These teachers are amazing. It's me. Like, I can't long arm. I mean, I cannot long arm to save my life. I joke around that I'm really short, and so I have really short arms, so I don't have long <laughs> enough arms to be a long armor. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, you've got to try different techniques and different methods. And literally after giving it such a big effort, I was just like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. It doesn't feel comfortable. I'm just going to stick to what I know and what I love, which is quilting on a regular domestic machine. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and it isn't for everybody. And then there's the flip coin. There are people who can only long arm. They cannot push fabric under the needle. It's just a mess. Um, you know, so, so it goes both ways. Now, you, you've known Angela a long time. I've known Angela a long time. So how did it come about that the two of you sort of coordinated, got together to write this ultimate guide to machine quilting that has both the long arming that Angela Walters, who's going to be on later in the show, is, um, is the sort of expert in and you as the sit-down expert? Well, it's so fun, and I have to give a big shout-out to her because, um, 
she's written like six or seven books already. And the book with her was only my second book. So working with her, she was so professional. She was organized. She got everything done. She really made the job easy. But we basically wanted to write this book because we figured out that no one really that we know of had ever written this kind of book before, showing how to quilt the same quilt using either a long arm or a sit down. And we all know there's more than one way to approach. So we thought it would be a fun concept. And so basically what we did is we each made the same 10 quilts, but she picked out fabrics that she liked, and I picked out fabrics that I liked, and she quilted all 10 quilts on her long-arm handy quilter, and then I quilted all my 10 quilts on the Bernina domestic machine. So we made the same quilt. There's 20 quilts total, hmm. but we used them with different techniques, and so people could see it's almost like two books in one. They have 10 mm-hmm. patterns if they just want to do the patterns and not do the quilting, and then there's over 50 quilting designs, so if they have other quilt tops and they just want to learn design, so it's like the best of both worlds and just the concept of her doing them all on the long arm and me doing them all on the domestic and showing different techniques, like people could really learn from both of us, which is really fun. You know, the 50 designs is amazing. And, and being able to see the same design done in the same spot on a quilt and not just a square, you know, where you actually can see how it enhances and changes the look of the quilt. That's that's a great concept. You guys did good. You did really good on that one. Oh, um, thank you. It was fun. So what what happened like when you were doing this? Because you kind of worked a little bit separately. Um, but what did you notice? What did you have like an aha kind of moment? You're like, wow, I didn't realize that would happen. Well, I think what it was is we both realized about each other that even though we both love to teach people and we're both encouragers and stuff like that, we're both very interested in the design aspect and how to physically do it. Because it's one way to say, oh, I'm going to quilt swirls on a machine, but it's another way to say, well, here's how you actually quilt a swirl if you're having to roll the quilt, or here's how you're quilting a swirl if you're moving it around. So just learning that we both, like, do a lot of the same design, but we just approach them differently was like the biggest aha. And and when I wrote the book, I kind of thought, okay, the domestic people are going to read my sections and the long-arm people are going to read Angela's, but we've both gotten a lot of feedback that people are learning from both of us. So long-armers might approach something they learn from me, and a sit-down quilter might learn something from Angela. So it's like there's enough in the book for anybody, you know, no matter what kind of quilting you kind of do. Yeah, that it's it's excellent. It's an excellent book. Can you give me like three tips for people to sort of take their quilt designs to the next level? Because that's pretty much what your books do. Sure. Well, it's really all about getting comfortable with the process and being confident. And so I kind of have a three-step process that I like to break it down. And I say, and this applies for me with the domestic machine, is first of all, start off with something really easy, like a design you know, and do something simple like with your walking foot. So you can quilt like really easy, wavy lines with the walking foot. It adds a lot of texture, and it's really easy. Then the second step would be once you're comfortable quilting with a walking foot, move on to free motion, but don't go crazy. Pick one or two designs that you like and quilt it all over a quilt, just Start to finish, edge-to-edge quilting one design. By the time you're done quilting that design, you'll be very proficient with it. And then do something which I think you, Pat, I think you advocate too. Make it and give it away. Give it to somebody yes. who's not going to see the mistake. <laughs> and then the final thing, once you're happy with one and two, you're comfortable with the walking foot, you're comfortable a little bit with free motion, then I love to combine the two in the same quilt. I use walking foot quilting to kind of secure the quilt in certain key areas. And then I fill it in step-by-step with free motion quilting to really make a custom look. 
But instead of feeling like you're overwhelmed, you just break it down step by step, and then it's like a little bit of a time not, rather than like trying to do it all and, and feel overwhelmed by it. So just break it down, walking foot, free motion, and both, and you'll get really good results. Yeah, and give away the first few. That's <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, you you and I both uh, love Orphil Thread. Um, mm-hmm. Are you working with primarily 50 weight or are you working with some of the other weights too with your machine quilting? Well, I spent a lot of time trying out the different threads and the different weights. And what I have found for me personally, I love the Orifil 50 weight cotton and I actually use it for piecing and quilting because I'm kind of simple. I'm like, I just want one thread that'll do everything. And so I, I found out that I love using that for everything. And it's really fun because I just released a collection with Orifil called the Piece and Quilt Collection. It comes in colors or it comes in neutrals, and it basically will do everything, piecing, quilting, binding, applique. And for me, because I'm a girl that loves color, like, I have all the colors in one kind of thread rather than, like, right. all the different kinds. Otherwise, I have more thread than fabric, and we don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Those boxes are really nice. They're, you you get a nice variety, and they're curated by the designer, and yours are gorgeous. So people have to look oh, for thank them. You. Thank uh, you. So, I want to get in a fun question here. Um, uh, those of us who have been sewing a while, we, ha- we tend to keep some things around. What's your, your oldest sewing notion or item? Oh, this is kind of embarrassing, but remember the, the, <laughs> the yellow and black rulers that first came out in the 90s? Like, I still have them, and I still use them. <laughs> Aren't they, like, obvious. worn off by now? But they still work, and I have my little grippy dots on the back to hold them. And I just, I don't know. I know there's new ones, and I need to upgrade, but I just, I have them, and they work. And so I just keep using them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you have, um, to wrap up here, we have about two minutes, and you have a bunch of fun things coming out in American Patchwork and Quilting uh, family of magazines. Can you tell me about a few of them? Sure. I've got, I think it's in the spring issue of Quilt and More um, is my next project coming up. And I was invited to be one of the scrap lab designers where they Mm. take three designers. We are given the same fabric and we don't get to see what the other designers do. And we have to come up with an original project. So that was really fun to do. And then I'm doing a series that they just started with American Patchwork and Quilting. Well, they actually started it a while ago, I think, where they had, they had people, um, quilt, actual quilt blocks to show you the difference. Well, what Mm -hmm. they're doing now in 2017 is each time the issue comes out, one quilter quilts the same three blocks in three different ways, like beginner, intermediate, advanced. And Angela, I noticed, was just in the issue that just came out, and then I'm going to be in an issue like later on in the summer or fall. But the idea where you're showing, okay, if you're a beginner, this is how you quilt it. If you're intermediate, if you're advanced. So it gives people different ideas. I think that's a really fun idea. Yeah, it's a great way to, to again, visually see um, what the difference makes because uh, taking things from very simple to really elaborate just changes the whole look of the project, doesn't it? Exactly. And then people, people don't feel like they have to just quilt it one way. Yeah. So you also travel and teach. That's part of what you do. Where can people like find out uh, where you'll be or to hire you? Well, if they just go to my website at com slash teaching, um, I have a page or I have a tab up at the top and they can go to that. And I, it's kind of funny. I list my whole schedule and I do it not yeah. only so people will see where I'll go, but so my family knows when I'm going to be in town, so it kind of has dual duty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can come visit. We're here. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm going to go all over the country, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
So um, real quick, when you go to a quilt show, what is the first thing you like to look at? Oh, my gosh. I love looking at the modern quilt. That is my favorite. <laughs> I started off as a traditional quilter, and now I love the modern style. And it's just so fun to see all the different varieties out there. Yeah. And, and if you can see more than one group together, isn't that like the best of any kind of style? Oh, absolutely. And I just, I love all quilts. I mean, how can you go to a show and not love all quilts? But it's kind mm -hmm. of fun when you're attracted to a certain style. You're like, I want to make that quilt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to tell everybody they can come and sign up for your newsletter. And I think you, you give out a free pattern when they do that, right? Yeah, if they just go to kristaquilts.com slash newsletter, they get a really easy uh, downloadable pattern. It's a couple of jelly rolls and great for machine quilting. Thank you, Krista. Thanks, Pat. We'll be right back. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash Million Pillowcases. Quilt along with us in 2016. Join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt, a one-block pillow, or all four projects featuring plus sign designs. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show, and we're going to talk machines. I love my baby lock machine. Um, I'm setting up a Destiny 2 right now, and I thought, you know what? I need to have somebody on here to tell us more about the company because they do a lot of things that you can be involved with. And the best person to talk to about all of this is Linda Rainwater, who is the National Training Manager for Baby Lock. So, Linda, I am so glad you could be here because you all have a busy week going on. Well, thanks, Pat. I am very happy to be here. So can't wait to talk sewing machines, my favorite topic. I know. I know you have done, I mean, Baby Lock has been around for, what, over 40 years now as a company. Um, right. Have you, how long, how many years have you been with them? I've been here nine and a half. Yeah, but prior wow. to coming here, I also sold sewing machines, so I've been selling Baby Locks for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and what does, you've had a lot of jobs at the Baby Lock, you know, different, different positions. And what do you do as the national sales manager besides work miracles every day? That's, uh, <laughs> well, thanks. 
<laughs> you know, my, my job has evolved um, since I've been here, and I would say that primarily what I'm doing right now is running a very active video program in order to really help people get the most out of their machines. And that, um, all of our video content is available at sewathomeclasses.com, and you can really learn a lot. So that's, I'm a producer of video content of all crazy things. I know it is great, and we got to work together on one when we did the um, the live Facebook launch for the Destiny Two. It was just so fun to see everybody in action. I mean, holy cow, you guys have <laughs> you're organized. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of very very talented people who are passionate about sewing here at at Baby Lock. So yeah, a lot of fun people. Now, I wanted us to focus this time. I'm I'm going to have you back, I know. Um, but I wanted us to focus on uh, the one question that I get all the time, and I'm sure when you're out at an event you get, is like, you know, what machine should I buy? I mean, basically, it's that simple. People just say to me, I need a new machine. What machine should I buy? But it's the, that answer isn't that simple, is it? It's not like just say this no. one. No, it's not. And with over 32 sewing machines in our line, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're looking for a new sewing machine, we've got one for you. It's just a matter of which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, so it what, does, you know, you have to learn a little bit about somebody before you can start helping guide them, you know. That's, that is the truth. That is the truth because you almost, you have to answer a question with a question or a series of questions. <laughs> I agree. That, and that's the best thing to find out, right? If somebody says, I'm looking for a sewing machine, what should I get? I typically say, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you do now that you want to keep doing? Or what do you want to do that you can't do? And that just kind of begins that whole conversation about looking for a new sewing machine. So why don't we go through, and you tell me about the top you know, five things that a person should look at when they're deciding on a new machine. Uh, that is a great question because I think a lot of times people focus more on just the machine itself, and I think that there's a number of things that you can do to help make that choice an easy decision for you to make. And the first one is I would pick a retailer who's close by you physically so mm-hmm. that you've got somebody to turn to when you need help with your really great sewing machine, right? And yes. it's, it's not because you might have problems with it as much as you really want somebody who can help you get the most out of it. So I'd mm-hmm. say pick somebody close by. You know, the second thing I say is when you get to a store, go with an open mind. You know, you don't, I love to say this all the time, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't. (laughs) And so you may not have seen what machines can do today, and Mm -hmm. they can help you dream big. And it doesn't mean necessarily a whole lot of money. It just means it opens up a whole new avenue. So um, that's, that's my second piece of advice. Then, you know, if you really are sewing now on fabrics that you want to continue to sew on, Bring us some of the fabric with you, you know. Oh, that's and a ask, good one. Somebody, that's yeah, a really, really I, good uh, one, yeah. Right. I mean, you you know, don't you find that your sewing machines are like your babies? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love my sewing machine. I want to have a great relationship with it, and so I want to begin that right off the bat with, with having something that I've gotten to put my hands on and try out. So, you know, definitely bring some fabric with you. And then be open and honest with the people who work at the store. You know, this is not a time to be coy. You know, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not mind readers, and they're not trying to grab, you know, your money and just close a sale. And most of the people that I work with are people just like me that really want to help you come up with just the right product, you know, to, 
to get the most mm-hmm. out of your machine. You have to be honest about what you're looking for and what you've seen maybe that you like. You know, if you're yeah. still looking, then that means you haven't found it yet. So keep looking, right? And that's, then that's true. You know, finally, yeah, and when you finally, finally buy it, and this is this is the best piece of advice. When you finally find the machine that you want, read the instruction manual. I know it's boring. It seems <laughs> boring. But you, you know, you forget what somebody has shown you, and while oh, you yeah. can get lessons on your machine, you know. Okay, so here's the truth. I bought a car about six months ago. We finally read the instruction manual, and I didn't even know that I could like put my garage door opener through my rearview mirror. Okay, so I'm I'm the one. I say this advice. Read the instruction manual because I know that it's one of the things that I don't make the time to do, and you should. Right. Really it sure. is very it's hard for people, but it is the most important thing. I'm doing that right now. I've got the big manual out and I'm just reading right. through right from the beginning because all of a sudden you go like, Oh, well I didn't know it could do that and I didn't know that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I do think too that, you know, one of the areas that we as a company really excel at is that we make what we call inspirational guides that go with our machines. And so an instruction manual a lot of times feels like it's been written by an engineer, and engineers are really smart, but they don't approach sewing the same way that you and I would. And so our inspirational guides are written by real human people who sew, (laughs) who really have the, the, the knowledge of, where it is exactly that you need to start in order to be able to dig right in. And those are probably the easiest and funnest instruction manuals to read, and I highly recommend them. Now, I wanted to um, give people also a little insight into what you offer uh, to consumers um, because out at your facility in St. Louis, you actually run events not just for the um, the dealers, you know, education and everything, but you have consumer events too. What kind of things go on? We do. So when you came out, we were at our Tacony Achievement Center, and so that's our parent mm-hmm. company's name is Tacony Corporation. We are a family-owned business, which is awesome, in the Midwest. And at our Tacony Achievement Center, we have a number of different consumer retreats that we offer. And several years ago, we started off with a long-arm quilting retreat. And the last year or so, we've introduced um, an embroidery retreat for our Destiny 2 owners, our original Destiny owners. And we also have a surgery retreat, which, you know, our customers get an opportunity to work on products that they probably already own or they might be considering purchasing. And you get to spend four days with real Mm. The real live great people who know the most about our products and they will teach you how to use it. It is the funnest experience ever. And I and I watch those people and I think to myself, I want to like I want to like not work one week and attend as a consumer because I think I would still learn something. I learn something new every day, even though this is what I do for a living. I yeah, I get. I know that feeling. It's like I want to go take a class. You know, it's like oh, make the time. It's it's hard. Um, where do people find out about that at, at BabyLock.com? There's a lot of different information. How can they find the retreat information? Right. So if you go to um, our site, BabyLock.com, and when you're out there, you'll be able to find events. And on the events page. You'll also be able to see um, all of the education events that happen all over the United States and a lot of our retailer stores. You'll also see big shows. But then again, there's a whole segment that's just for what's happening here in St. Louis at our, at our company's headquarters. 
Ah, very good. And they can sign up for, you know, information and all that kind of good stuff. So right. I have a fun question for you because okay. uh, <laughs> you've been working with on machines for a long time. What is like your, your personal, Linda, on your personal sewing wish list? What do I want to do? Yeah, <laughs> I want to like do what do you want to do? What do you uh, want on maybe a sewing machine that you've never seen? You know, do you have like a wish list that you're like, oh, what would I like to have? Okay, so if I if I really could if I could have it, so this is my dream machine. It would be able to play my um, Spotify music account, which sounds crazy, but like I like to listen to music when I'm sewing, and it would be so great. Our machine, uh, top of line, the Destiny, as you're experiencing, uh, does have a built-in speaker, and it does have sounds. So you could do that, but you know, I when I'm sewing, I'm at my happiest. It it ends up really and truly unlocking my brain. So it's the way that I just kind of connect with things, and I love to sew. Everything. I just got um, my new dress form uh, shipped to me this past week, and so I want to get back more into garment sewing. I mean, I love quilting, but I love quilting. I love garment sewing. I kind of like all of it. I really shouldn't be sleeping at night. Yeah. I've got sleeping <laughs> sleeping is highly overrated, Linda. It is so overrated. It's... But you know what? You just look like a heck when you don't sleep. So after a while, you just kind of got to give in, right? And you can yeah, sew over your so hands, often. you know. <laughs> so you know, you have, is, is your daughter sewing now, now that you my have My daughter, someone? Elena, yes. you know, my 11-year-old, yes. she doesn't do a whole lot. You know, it's because when you have a, a young person, a young lady in your sewing room, and if you're like me, what ends up happening is I get a little selfish. But she, you know, you should never, ever deny children. If they want to sew, you should give them the time to do it because if there's a small window to mm-hmm. capture their attention. Later on, they might come do it again. Mm-hmm. But if you can catch them right when they express interest. And so, I mean, I'd say around seven or so, I started with letting her do little things. And she, you know what? She loses interest really fast. So you can mm-hmm. just, like, stop what you're doing and say, okay, sure. Yeah. Sit on my lap or stand here and do this and let her sew a little bit. You know, it, it's a confidence builder in, in young girls and young boys. They do need that, you know. So, yeah, she's doing a little bit of that. Yeah, I think that actually is a great tip that just just give them the time because it's not they don't want to do it for very long anyways. It's always <laughs> yeah. She's not going to sew for a half a day like me, right? <laughs> if she says she wants something, I mean, she's going to like just like anything, right? Yeah. Five minutes later, she's gone. But right. if you know, if you feed that when mm-hmm. it's when it's offered, then you you end up having somebody who you've got a lifetime of sewing with maybe down the road, and I I'd love that. I've got a I've got five children, and my uh, my third oldest daughter uh, has really surprised me with the level of stuff that she's done. With a very small investment of time, she's really yeah. become a very good sewer. Well, Linda, this has been so much fun. You have to come back next year. I would love to, Pat. And it's always great talking to you, and talking about sewing is my favorite topic, right. sewing and quilting. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. We'll be right back. All right. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by BabyLock. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patrick and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. 
Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. Take an ultimate shop-hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler, available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. Uh, you can talk to BabyLock via their website at babylock.com. Uh, so I am excited. Here's my the other author of that dynamic book that uh, Krista uh, Walters and Angela Walters put together. Krista, oh, I'm getting it all mixed up here. So anyways, let's speak to Angela. Hi, Angela. Hey. <laughs> I'm mixing up all the names now. They're all just went in my head and just... Jumbled up like I threw them on They're the table. So, close. <laughs> <laughs> so you are you are a busy woman. I am so glad that you could take a little time to talk to me. Did you like like launch like five hundred things in the past two years? I've realized if I just stay busy, it keeps me out of trouble. So as yeah. long as I keep my hands going, I don't get in any trouble. So that kind of helps me out. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a new storefront. How long have you had your storefront? Oh, we've had about a year and a half, but we've only been open about a year. So it's mm-hmm. been a, a lot of learning in the last year, but it's been a lot of fun. So um, tell, tell everybody, tell me where it is. They all want to know. Okay. It's located in Liberty, Missouri, which is just about 20 minutes from Kansas City. And okay. most importantly, I'm only about 45 minutes from Missouri Star Quilt Company. So if you're a Jenny Doan fan and you want to drive up, we are right on the way there or back. There, but, um, there you so go. just outside of Kansas City, yeah. <laughs> on the bus tours now. You could be exactly. on the bus tours. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> so are you enjoying the fact that you work in the shop when you're home, right? I do. I love to be here. I, I've been working from home the last 10 years, and there's just something about not having to climb over a pile of laundry to get to my desk. That's amazing. <laughs> so when I'm home, I'm definitely working in the shop, um, and that's where my studio will eventually be. I haven't quite made that transition. There's still... Some um, construction need to go on in the back, but I love being here, whether it's just working in my office or being out front, actually cutting fabric for customers. It's been a lot of fun. Are you also long-arming um, projects in the middle of the store? I know at one point when you first opened, you showed that you had the machine there and, you know, you obviously work on things that were public, but are you still doing that? Well, no, I have a machine at my yeah. house, which I do ah. all the, you know, the, the um, secret stuff. But when yeah. my studio gets open in the back of the shop, which is a different room, I'll mm-hmm. be, I'll be able to move that here too and just do everything from here, but it'll be closed off. But no, and it's too hard to, to uh, quilt in the middle of the shop because everybody wants to come in and talk. So, and I'm right. easily distractible. So yeah, yeah, I don't do that. In the, I don't do that on the floor anymore. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't do it either. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I have to concentrate. Uh-huh. I just want to chat yep. with you. Um, so when you did, you did actually two collaboration books um, that came out uh, just recently, one was with Krista Watson. And so tell me, um, you know, Krista talked about how you, you worked independently. So she talked about how that went. But what did, for you, what did you find exciting about partnering with someone to show your long arming and then the same things as a sit down? Absolutely. Well, I'm only the expert of my opinion, and I'm I'm not so naive to think that I know everything about everything machine quilting wise, and especially when I could team up and write 
a book that was really exploring two sides of the same coin or the same thing, machine quilting. I mean, the more uh, points of view that you have, the more life experiences that you can bring to a book, the more of a benefit it can be to the people reading it. So it was a lot of fun to see how Krista worked on these quilts and how she approached them with her machine that she uses mostly, um, the sit-down, and then me with a long arm. And, and what's great about it is no matter what kind of machine you use, you can learn so much from both of us. And, in fact, I, I even learned stuff by reading her her little sections, and I'm like, that's smart. That's really neat. So I think it's just really fun to be able to give the reader two views on the very same subject and say, hey, you know, we can all have different ideas and different ways we approach it, and it's all great. And here's some ways that you can apply that to your quilt. What was one of the favorite projects for that book that you that you personally quilted, like, you know, of the, of the 10? I think probably the whole cloth quilt, because up mm-hmm. to that point, I had never actually quilted a whole cloth, which feels kind of weird saying because I've been quilting for, geez, almost 15 years, but I've never actually done it. And so to have that deadline to make me do it was a lot of fun. And I, I realized that, oh, that's, that's kind of fun, using different thread colors and making it show up. Um, but it, they're kind of like my children, right? Every time I'm working on one, I'm like, this is my favorite. And then I get yes. to the next one. I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. So I would say the whole class probably, but they were all a lot of fun to work on. Now, the other book that you collaborated on was with Tula Pink. And you and Tula have been friends and um, collaborators of her projects for um, Almost, well, forever, probably, right? I mean, when. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it does. The beginning of time. Um, mm-hmm. What made you two decide to put this book together, and what is its focus? So, this book is kind of the culmination of many, many years of working with her and, and saying we should write a book. I mean, we get, mm. to, we get together for coffee often. Usually, she shows me what quilts are coming my way, and we kind of talk about some fun things we're going to do with it. And then all the time we'd say, oh, we should write a book. It would be so amazing to write a book. And finally, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, she was like, we just need to do it or it's not going to happen. We're just going to make it happen. And so that was kind of like finally we did it. And what I love about it is so different than the book with Christy. You know, we're both focusing on machine quilting, you know, both sides of that same coin that I was talking about. But here Mm -hmm. we're talking with Tula from very start to the end. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, Tula is an expert in color design, you know, the design of the patterns, the way she used her color, um, the way that I can quilt to bring out those things that she has. And so I think it's kind of fun to walk through our process from the very beginning to the very end. You know, she's an expert at what she talks about. I feel like I know what I'm talking about. So I think it's, it's kind of a continuation from the very beginning to the end. And it was a lot of fun. And we worked together a lot on that, whether it was her showing me the sketches of what she was designing and me talking about the different ways I was going to quilt it. So it was a lot more in, um, collaborative as far as what we did. Our parts were still, you know, talking to each other about it. But the mm-hmm. result is a beautiful book. I mean, they're both beautiful, but it's just so bright and colorful with all her strong, you know, sense of color and, and quilts. And so I'm, I'm super excited. And it's just fun to show that no matter what process you take, you can still end up with an awesome book. And I really enjoyed the differences between the two of them. Yeah, that must have, I've done, uh, were you working on them at the same time? No, and you know, it, it was a fluke that they happened to come out mm-hmm. really close to each other. The one with Krista was supposed to come out sooner, but it got delayed. And the uh-huh. one with Tula was supposed to come out a little later, but it got bumped up. So it just happened to be, you know, at each market mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, every six six months apart. So yeah. they're kind of like Irish twins, you know, but yes. um, it, it's fine. It, it was a lot of fun to do both of them. Now, when you were um, working on the book with Tula, is there something like that, 
you know, did, did you guys discover something new about working together? Not really, because we've been working together for so long. And Mm -hmm. I guess the difference would be that we were kind of working on the same project for somebody else. You know, Mm -hmm. normally it's her quilt to promote her fabric. Um, But our process has always been, you know, talking through it. And and it plays very much like this, where she says, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be fun if you did spiders with feathers? I'm like, oh, I could definitely do that. I could do a spider web. And what if the spider web fills too less? So we always kind of ramp each other up. And every time Mm -hmm. we're done meeting, it's kind of like, ooh, what am I going to do now? So um, it, it was it was fun since we've already done a lot together and, and we both work really well together because she's very detail oriented and I'm very like, whatever, it's fine. You know, so we both got to, our, our personalities are so different, but they mesh so well together. So it works out good. Well, I love hearing the bouncing off part because, um, you know, we've, you and I have known each other a long time and Mm -hmm. I know some of, you know, back, you know, when people were doing a lot more blogging about sort of their process, um, mm-hmm. you were quilting some pieces for Katie Jones in, um, and you know, you just talked about, I remember you talking about how she had ideas, you had ideas. And so that's neat that it's, uh, something you do. Do you do that with all your clients? It depends. I mean, everybody's a little different. I have some people that just send their quilts and are like, do what you, do what you want. But ultimately, as a professional and as a, I would say, a creative person, I love to be pointed in a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, point me in an area. And that's one thing that Chula's really great about. I mean, she'll say, this is the most important part to the, of the quilt to me. This is what I want to show up. And this is what I want to squish down. And, this is, and so she kind of gives me that direction to go in. But then she mm-hmm. lets me do whatever I want. And, and ultimately, um, that is the case with probably about half of my clients will say, this is what we're going for. Now make it happen, which is great. I mean, it, it's fun to know exactly what they want to happen, but not to have so much constraints that I feel like I have to do it exactly like they're saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I do have a little bit of leeway there. It, it's just right. so much fun. I can't believe I get to do it for a job. <laughs> well, you get to put your creativity rather than someone basically handing you a diagram and saying, this is, I've already thought about it. This is what I want. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard when I think they might have an idea in their head of what exactly it's going to look like, and that's a little scary Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I can make it match that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just been from years of paying my dues and quilting for customers now that they trust me with a little bit more. And I always say, you know, if you tell me what you want, I'll give you exactly what you want. But if you let me go, I'll probably give you more than you thought. So Mm -hmm. I've got to have some very great clients that let me do that. Yeah, I have to to build something one day and send it to you. You should. That would be fun. I know, I know. It says I need something that has uh, the places for you to show off. So, uh, oh well, I do like know. that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now you also okay. We have like four minutes, so I want to get in two more okay. things. Um, okay. <laughs> you, what is your book? Quilting is my therapy. That's more like a coffee table book, right? It is. It's more of a coffee table book. I think what's so interesting is how I started quilting. Was my husband's grandpa showed me how to make quilts, and then. So I take that story and I intertwine it with quilts that I've worked for for my customers over the years, detailed up-close pictures that maybe you wouldn't see on my blog or haven't seen before. And I talk a lot about how you can be successful, you as the reader, by doing whatever, you know, you want. But this is kind of what I've done. And, and so it's very encouraging. It's like part coffee table book, part motivational book, and, and I I'm, I'm, couldn't be more proud of it. Yeah, it's it, – the what is the name of the quilt on the cover, the yellow one? Impracticality, because <laughs> it's an impractical use of time and fabric, 
but it, it turned out really well. So there's actually a free pattern on my website for that book or for that quilt. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's quite a it's quite a fascinating piece just to look at it. It's like whirlpools. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. it. Um, you uh, you also have uh, another project that you just launched uh, out at Craftsy that's pretty fun, and they're running it on YouTube. Yes, it's a free YouTube channel they're coming out with called the Midnight Quilt Show. And in my blog and in my books, I can't really go into detail about how kind of crazy and quirky I am. But on this show, I get to show somebody how to make a quilt from start to finish, and it's a lot of fun because I'm being silly. It's part entertainment, part education, lots of fun. And um, the first episode aired last Wednesday, and the next one is coming out. And so I'm excited to see how it goes over because it was a lot of fun to put together. Yeah, and they're fairly short, right? They're not like your your regular craftsy classes, which have the long segments. Absolutely, yeah. They want to keep them under ten minutes, just so people don't get bored. And mm-hmm. um, but there's always the resources that you can reach afterwards, the free pattern, and then I I try to do blog posts about the quilting on it and stuff. So yeah, nice and short, something you can watch during a coffee break. Yeah, <laughs> during a coffee break. Okay, mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. run out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, are, you know, you you have do a lot of traveling. Are you still, you know, what, how often are you traveling? Usually I'm gone about once a month, and I'll do okay. guilds or shows. And then um, mm-hmm. once a year I usually do an international trip. But okay. it's lots of fun. I love to travel, and it, it gets me around other cultures that I can't meet in my area, so it, it's good. It is good. It's good to go out and actually talk to people mm-hmm. face-to-face. It's a whole different yes. experience than writing to them or than you probably will find in your shop. That's a whole different experience. Um, Absolutely, yep. Yeah. So what country is your favorite that you've gone to so far? Oh, I can't answer that because I'll make the other countries sound that. No, um, <laughs> I, I've, had, I've been, been to, like, Australia and England and France, and they've all been fun in their own different ways. I mean, quilters are quilters no matter where you go. Mm. Even if you don't speak the same language, they are still right. so much fun. So, I mean, every trip is just – I pinch myself the whole time. Like, I can't believe I get paid to comb here. It, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> did you need um, Did you need uh, translators in Australia, or were you good down there? So I was good down there. It was funny because you know the words, but you're like, hold on a second, it takes me a second to put that together. But no, it, right. it was good. I didn't need one for there. France was the first time I needed a translator, and turns out sarcasm does not translate very well. So there went half of my jokes. Right? No, it, right. it was fun. It worked out fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jokes don't always translate well, but but they but everybody figures it out. That's the fun exactly. part. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all yep. figure it out. Well, Angela, this has been so much fun to catch up. I really appreciate it. Of course, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So everybody can visit Angela's Quilting is My Therapy, and you can then uh, get to all of the things that we talked about. And mm-hmm. uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ Magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. 
Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan, and I can't believe it's December. And Mary Abreu is here from That Craft Addict, and it's our last uh, official every month talk, Mary. This has been so great. Oh, it has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me on this year. I've had such a great time chatting with you every month about just so many topics. We've covered a lot of ground. I kind of want to make a little journal of everything we've talked about and just kind of refer back to it because it's been so much fun and we've covered so many interesting topics. So have you met people that have listened to you on the show? I have. Um, and it's, it's a little weird because, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm somebody's mom and just kind of hanging out doing my own thing. It's like, I heard you on Pat Sloan's show and it's so fun and she's so wonderful. And I'm like, she is, she's awesome. Um, <laughs> And so it's it's really it's it's very cool and it's it's um I'm very flattered that people have have listened and, and listened and comment because um that that's that's pretty pretty great and and uh, I know that they love they love the show I hear a lot of people tell people say you have to see my splendid sampler box and so they bring them in and show me and oh cool me and they found them out. yeah that's <laughs> it's cool it's it's you know it's it's uh great to see that. This, it, it really is a thing that people really are listening and engaging and being part of this big, wonderful quilting world. Yeah, there's a lot of people who listen, so it's always fun when they when they tell you that they have. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go into two things since it's December. One is that infamous last minute kind of project thing to uh, you know you might want to give to somebody, and then Mary, the other one, want to talk about sort of goals and planning. Uh, so last minute projects, being that you work in a quilt shop, um, as part of what you do, uh, what's going on in there for last minute gifts? Are people coming oh, in yeah. saying, I, I "What can I do"? I actually had somebody call today and say, I just oh. placed an order on your website. Are you going to be able to ship it today? Because I got inspired to do this quilt last minute. And I'm like, I will make it happen for you. Um, and she you know, had a, a panel and a couple of coordinates to pull together a quick quilt, that, which is great. I just finished, actually, literally yesterday, finished binding um, a panel quilt that I made my, daughter, my son and future daughter-in-law. For Christmas, it's the, I think it's the last thing I need to make that has to be shipped. And I like the panels because it's, you, can, you can go a little more. You can add a little mm-hmm. bit more to it, but you can add, you know, just a border and bind it and quilt it, you know, obviously not in that order. I think I got that a little backwards there. <laughs> Woo, it's been a Monday, let me tell you. Um, and so it's really fun. But, you know, a lot of people are like, Do you, you know, what, what can I make that's really quick? And um, mm-hmm. uh, surprise, surprise, I like to sew a lot of tote bags, but... You know, I have I I have a thing with tote bags, and and for me they're they're easy. They don't take a lot of fabric. I can can whip them up pretty quickly, and you can personalize them in a, a lot of ways. Infinity scarves are really very fast and easy, and they don't use a whole lot of fabric. And you can do um, I like things that you can do multiples of and kind of sew them mm-hmm. assembly line style. So that um, project bags I've done a lot of um, drawstring and zippered project bags this year because I have a lot of friends who are doing um, English paper piecing or knitting and crocheting, and the pro- the the bags are really very well, that's fast good. and don't use a whole lot, and I can just whip those out. And um, and pot holders, I'm actually my um, husband's assistant at work, loves to bake, and so I'm giving her some homemade vanilla extract and also some uh, a cookbook and some uh, quilted pot holders that I'm going to make for Ooh. her. 
Um, so, you know, it's something that's you. I like, I like useful things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do too. Cause you know, I, I think many of us, we, we reach an age where we're like, we don't want one more thing we have to like dust or clean or, um, right. you know, but if you can give something, somebody something they, they can wear or that they can use with what their, what their hobby is or their lifestyle, um, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's really easy to do, and, and you can make it very personalized by picking fabrics and colors and things that they like. And, um, you know, maybe and you often you have of- that fabric anyways. You know, you have stuff that you know, this would be perfect, or even bought it for that person in mind. This would be perfect. So yeah. bags are bags are really good. I saw on my Facebook group, Mary, I don't know if you've seen these in person, but these – Barbershop pole table runners, have you been seeing those? I have not seen one in person. I've seen pictures, and, oh, they're really and truly, I need to add a couple more things to my to-do list. And so (laughs) it's like, wow, that's really cute. I should make one of those, too. Yeah, they just have square triangles, and it's how you shade them so that it looks like there's a pole and it swirls around. Like, you know, it's not, you know, they're pointy because they have square triangles, but it, they're just cute, and people are making them like lightning. They're so fast. So um, that's, uh, that's one of the fun ones I've seen. Uh, tissue holders have, are, you know, like I still see those. I have did a little tutorial, you know, the little packages of tissues you can make cute thing yeah. you know two cute little holders um have you ever taught those i actually do in my um beginning sewing class that i teach mm-hmm. i do it mm-hmm. over two sessions and in the first session that's actually what they make in the first session is they make yeah. a little two pack holder and i give them a little pack of tissues to put it in at yeah. the end and it's so fun because they're like i made something and look at this and I'm, I'm like go home and make more of these and this time of year especially my um my late husband had like this ridiculously huge family. And so where you would go to Christmas and want to mm-hmm. give a little something to everybody, and that's something that you can just whip out tons of them and they don't take very much fabric at all and, you know, just toss a little tissue in there and, you know, maybe not get whatever germs cousin Bobby <laughs> is bringing to the family gathering, you know. Here, this Plus is they also can use that cute fabric that's just right for that person. Even like a leftover piece of something, like a little Star Wars fabric for the guys, you know, you just have something. Oh, yeah. Yes. Raid the okay. strap ends. <laughs> All right. So everybody is now inspired to go out and make one more thing. Be, As you know, well, they should be. They yes, can join yes. me. Because, because we sew, we can, right? It's exactly. Like, <laughs> All right, That's so I want to switch gears because I know we're nuts. People who sew are nuts. We all are. Mm-hmm. We all think we can do it. We can just fit one more in. Yeah, um, I don't judge. <laughs> I have a judgment-free zone. We all do it. Yeah, let's go for yeah. it. <laughs> so to, in, the, in the second half here, I want to just um, talk a little bit about sewing goals, sewing, uh, plans, whatever you want to call them. I mean, some people don't like to say goals. They don't, you know, because then it stresses them out. But I always want to know sort of what I want to accomplish the next year. And um, do you ever do that? Is that something you do? I do, I, I do and I don't. Um, I think I'm in that, I fall into that group that I, I get a little um, stressed out mm-hmm. if I start planning it too much. I like to sort of wing it a little more. Um, because I, I, I get stressed out at the things that I didn't do because I won't mm. look so much at the things that I did instead. I'll go, oh, well, I really meant to do X. And, yeah. man, maybe I should have done that. Um, when in the meantime, I've done, you know, 20 other things that 
were really fun and that I really enjoyed the the process or the learning or the the outcome. So for me, I kind of think about, you know, what, you know, is there something that I really want to make? Is there something coming up? Like I have my my son's wedding next year, and so I I know that I'm making a quilt for them, and I've mm-hmm. and I've sort of planned out how that's going to happen so that I can make sure I have enough time to get it done. But I I rather I really like looking at what I've done in the past year and what I've been enjoyed and thinking what would make what would make me happy what mm-hmm. would add to this experience and kind of think you know is there are there some like, new techniques that I want to do um, and start kind of collecting that so to me it's less goal setting than um, just kind of get, gathering ideas and and looking through what I have and what I've done and um, finding inspiration uh, to help That's move a- forward. That's a neat way to think about it because, um, you know, for uh, for so many people, you and I both do parts of this as our business. I mean, because you have written books, um, so like when you wrote Hack That Tote, I mean, you had goals, you had things that had to be done, um, and and you still do. Uh, and so, but we, but most people, this is their hobby. Um, every all of you listening, you do this for fun. Uh, so, thinking about like what would you want to learn? So, do, so Mary, what one thing do you want to learn next year? Um, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> on I, the spot. I know, on the spot. Um, I really would like to do, learn how to do some improv because I am, I'm a very type A person. I'm really <laughs> a bit of, a, of an overthinker and overplanner um, control freak. I, I can admit that. Um, and I find improvisation um, very challenging for me when you have, you know, when anything is an option. Yeah. Um, it becomes overwhelming for me, and so I really want to try try my hand at that and see if that's something that um, I can sort of let myself go and um, and be a little more liberated in mm-hmm. my approach to things. I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the I one thing that, that, I, <laughs> that I do every year, and I think I think like everybody uh, really does this at some level every year, like have the same goal at some level, is to finish up some projects, you know, like unfinished objects, the UFOs, or just to get a big project move forward until the, you know, to the next big, you know, like projects have segments, don't they? I mean, you know, you need to make. Absolutely. If if you have to break it down, especially something that maybe is a little, a little bit bigger, you have to break it down into smaller chunks. It's a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where my mind is. And I do this every year, but I've, this year, there were things that I, I just, it was a very busy year. And so I was not really motivated. I could, I could say, Mary, I could say I didn't have time, but I had time. I had lots of, I had time. I could have done these things, but I wasn't motivated to do them. So my goal is to find that click, that sort of motivating click to make me think, okay, there's a project that's been sitting here that I literally have like probably one square to finish quilting. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Just do it, Pat. Just do I know. it. I know. I know. And it's like, do I need to stack them? You know, I have. I want to think about that because really I want that group of them. There's probably, uh, well, there's way, to, I don't want to even confess how many of these are in this various stages, but um, there's probably a handful. I'm not that judging, are, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, think we're all, in, I think we all get in that boat is that it's very, you start working on something, you get interrupted, life happens. Mm-hmm. And 
sometimes it's harder to go back to something that's already, that you've already started. And especially I think it's really easy to get excited about the next project. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is not going there. And I, I have a couple of friends who do, um, who do a, a UFO, like a UFO Saturday, and they've got all of theirs. And you and I talked about this previously. They've, they've got um, a list of their UFOs and everything, a number, and they just randomly draw it out of the bin, and that's the, the project that they work on that day yeah. um, to kind of make yourself – Yes. Finish it, you know. It, um, and a lot of times, when you get when you start getting back into it, you realize that you really do like it. Or sometimes you go, you know, what, this is not working for me, and you find somebody, a neighbor, a friend, um, somebody at your guild that you know will will gladly rehome your your unfinished object so that you can find something else that that you love instead. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it just needs to go to a new home to be finished. Somebody else is thrilled to death with it and don't mind finishing it up because it's new for them. It's not, <laughs> it's not yeah. old. Um, so, so that is my one big thing. And there, there's a lot of people who like calendars and planners. Do you use those at all for your, for your life? Yes. Yes. I have, I have multiple planners. Um, I have, <laughs> and, and they, they serve different purposes. I have kind of an overall organizing my life, keeping everything running sort of thing. And then I have more task-oriented type of things that um, that I'm working on. And, and it, it works for me. It's an organizational system that works for me. I used a paper planner for decades when I was mm-hmm. in, in the newsroom. And I tried using uh, different calendar apps and things on my phone. And I found that the, the process of writing things down um, just works better for me. And so I am, um, have kind of been looking at some of the new planners and calendars that, that we've gotten in at the shop. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited. There's a, this fantastic, the quilters planner and the, uh, scrappy project planner, yeah. um, which are both geared towards, uh, towards quilters. And they're That's both right. really fun. And, and, um, I think I like elements of both of them. So I'm trying to decide what's going to help me organize my um, sewing and quilting projects. Uh, well, Mary, we are out of time. <gasps> so fast, so fast. I know. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody visit uh, Mary at the, um, whoops, we're going to bit at that craft addict and check out what she's doing. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, Pat. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. We'll see you next time. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening.